uh, the challenging uh, decisions, choices, and things that we have to make uh, as, as people, as believers, as, as human beings. Uh, sometimes decision-making can be difficult. Uh, we used, if you'll remember, the, the first week we used uh, this image in a little video clip uh, from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. This, like, you know, which button do I press? Like, A or B? Which way do I go? How am I going to make this, this choice? And, and, but, but really, for most of us, it's not just about you know, an A or a B, should I go this way or that way? Uh, really, we often have a huge constellation of things that we're wrestling with as we make decisions. Our, our process is often more a little bit like this, right? Where uh, you're trying to figure out where to go in life, you're trying to figure out what to do, and you think, okay, if I turn left at this juncture, then that's what might happen. But if I go right, that's what might happen. And if I go right, then that and that could happen. And then if I go then that and that and that could happen. And we're really just trying to, co- trying to compute a whole bunch of uh, combinations and permutations, trying to figure out what it is exactly that we're supposed to do. And very often, uh, I don't know if what your experience has been like, but when you're in that place of indecision of trying to figure out where exactly to go and how exactly to do stuff, it's, it, it can be incredibly stressful. It can be incredibly challenging. It can be a difficult thing. I, I mean, I, I told the story la- a couple of weeks ago of living it like in my parents' front yard in an RV for three months of indecision trying to figure out whether to take this job or whether to take that job. And just three, really three months of just churning, working nights and and crazy, trying to figure it out, right? Really needing a sense of how all these sort of things lined up. And that's what we really want is we really want uh, the important things, uh, the important markers in our journey to to line up. And so what we we did last, uh, a couple of weeks ago was we talked through what some of those are. Um, We talked about uh, these sort of major points that you want to see lined up. The voice of Scripture, uh, the voice of God, the the prophetic, the way in which God speaks to us uh, in the moment, uh, the way in which he speaks to our hearts. Sometimes it's dreams and visions and and different things that we we see in uh, in the New Testament in terms of how the early Christians navigated. How does that fit in? The voice of community and counsel and people speaking into our lives. Uh, The voice of theology, the importance of doctrine and really understanding that we want to navigate Uh, in a way that is consistent with the way the church and Christians have navigated for centuries. These are the essentials of the faith that we want to have in line that help guide us. Uh, The voice of practicality and reason uh, and the voices of knowledge. And just how does that all work together? Uh, So so that's sort of the wrestle. The the question is, and in terms of who we are as people, we don't actually have a really easy time holding all of those things together in tension or or figuring those out. It's often could be a lot of challenge to sort of compute all of that. Um, and, and what we tend to do as people is to emphasize one of those things or, or some of those things at different stages in our journey more highly than other things, right? We tend to, to, to really say, man, I am going to be a Bible-driven person. I'm going to be shaped by the Scriptures. And that's incredibly important, the Scriptures and how they speak into our lives. But there's other ways in which God uh, speaks to us and helps make sense of that. And so I'm just going to unpack some of, uh, some of that as we go, and we'll just see how maybe some of this stuff works together. And just say, again, like from, from our perspective as a church, um, we, we want to say that we're, we're listening to the Holy Spirit, we're listening to God speak, we, we want to have that, but we also want to use all of the tools that are available to us, all of the wisdom that God has for us. So I'll show us that in the scriptures in a few minutes, but I want to just talk a little bit more about how some of those things work together. Uh, one, uh, we can have an emphasis on, uh, 
Say if, say if we have, for example, an emphasis on just uh, the scriptures. How many of you have been uh, like, I, I, that was sort of my early development when I first started reading the scriptures. Uh, I would open the Bible and how many of you played Bible roulette? Anybody played Bible roulette where you just are like, Lord, I'm just going to do what it says right here on this page. I just open the, Jesus wept. Okay, uh, how am I going to apply that? You know, or whatever it is, right? Um, but there, there's really some things where, where if you're not, like, say, taking counsel from community, uh, if you don't have the voice of God speaking to you in a living way, if you don't have solid theology, uh, if, if you're just looking at the scriptures, and you'll see, you'll notice sort of two dots along this dotted line. The first dot is this dot right here, this dot in front of your eyes. That's really just our own desires, right? If you're just looking at this stuff, my desires and how they line up with the scripture what you often get is you often get uh, a sense of legalism you can get a sense of uh, I'm proof texting I'm reading this to just justify what it is that my heart desires right and you've seen that all the time uh, and you've experienced that as people where you can have a conversation with somebody and they've decided there's something they have to do or they've decided most often something that they want you to do and they can just quote a verse of scripture at you boom well it says right here boom and then I, I, I can just find another one. Boom, and quote that one, right? And you can sort of wrestle that all down and you can have long, long, long arguments on social media just quoting scripture back and forth, right? Which is super fun. How many of you just love that experience? Like reading those, right? It's terrible. Oh, you have, you love that? Okay, great, awesome. Um, you know, like, so that's a piece of it, right? So, but, so how do we bring the rest of it all into the mix, right? Um, and again, as I say this one, I almost most caution with this, uh, as uh, you'll see later, that I really want to be 100% clear that I'm not in any way uh, diminishing the power and the value of the scripture in, in how, we, how we navigate. But we need uh, the whole, uh, all of the tools to really be even to make sense of the scripture, right? Uh, for me to understand the scriptures, it was really, really helpful to go to school and to learn uh, something about hermeneutics, to learn something about how to uh, read various parts of the scripture through the interpretive framework that's <laughs> Uh, required to understand them. You understand, say, the book of Revelation, reading it through a particular framework differently than you would read uh, the book of Genesis and differently than you would read the writings of Paul and differently than you would read uh, the Gospels. You can't just lift a text out of one uh, part of the scriptures and then decide that's how you're making the decision. Just that's, that's proof texting, right? So you want to consider all of the, the whole counsel of God. But let's just look at the rest. The prophetic, right? Uh, prophetic is beautiful, incredible thing. Like we as Christians, we as people, uh, particularly in the vineyard movement, we value uh, God speaking to us. We value God speaking through dreams and visions. Uh, we look at the book of Acts uh, and some of the stories that are there of God, like speaking into the life of Paul, speaking into the life of uh, the early disciples and giving them direction and giving them wisdom and counsel. But if you don't have solid theology alongside of that, if you don't have scriptural accountability alongside of that, you can uh, become very inconsistent, uh, you can work in a spirit of independence, and you can ultimately make some really bad decisions in that, right? You can make some really bad decisions if you're 100% prophetically directed, but you're not thinking, okay, well, theologically, does this line up? Uh, does this line up with the scriptures? Uh, does this line up with the amount of money in my bank account? Uh, 
right? <laughs> All of these kinds of things, having these sort of tools of wisdom. And even actually, if you look at the gifts of the Spirit uh, by themselves, uh, even just looking at First uh, Corinthians 12, uh, you see uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. So within that spectrum of what spiritual gifts are, uh, we, we see a call to wisdom, a call to all that. Again, we're going to look at it a little bit later. Uh, there's the voice of community, right? The voice of community is important. The voice of people in your life who are giving wise counsel, who are giving uh, direction, people who have been further in the journey than you. If you don't have that, people who don't have community speaking into their lives uh, or leadership speaking into their lives, they can be filled with all kinds of confusion and all kinds of indecision. I remember sitting uh, with a group of people uh, who are leaders in our denomination, and I remember having this discussion, what do we do over this particular social issue? And it's like, we just need to be a community of people who are just discerning together what to do, and we need to just all agree, and then we'll just do that. And I'm like, oh man, we'd better consult the scriptures. We'd better uh, look and see what this might mean for us theologically. We'd better do, uh, consult the broader community. What does this mean for the African brothers and sisters who are part of our community? What does this mean for the Asians? What does this mean for uh, the global uh, leadership that we're, that we're part of and we're connected with? We can't make a unilateral decision about a major social issue here in Canada and expect that it's not going to have an impact on other vineyard churches around the world, right? So you consider uh, the broader community and you don't let yourself get isolated. So important. Uh, reason is important. Uh, sorry, solid theology is important. Uh, if you don't have solid theology, if you don't have a solid sense of what God has uh, really done in the past and a solid sense of an image uh, in your heart of who God is and what his character is like and uh, the value on, uh, say, something like understanding the Trinity, understanding that God is within himself, a self-sufficient community and that value of community speaking into what it means for us as people to be in community with one another, listening to one another. If we're missing that, um, we can uh, drift off one into just irrelevance. Uh, we can, if, you're, if your emphasis is purely theological, it can be completely impractical sometimes and you can end up counting the angels on the head of a pin and wondering how many are there and how this uh, has any reflection on your life. And you can be people who are, who are and, and movements that are just really locked into just uh, understanding core theology as the thing that primary, primarily drives them. You can be really just simply resistant to change and slow to respond to the needs of culture and not, and not hear uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking. How do we relate to people and connect with them in this moment? right, in the, in the space where we are. Uh, looking at reason, uh, reason is really, uh, if we're based purely in a life of uh, just reasoning things out in ourselves, we miss the miracle. Uh, we can get caught in, uh, if you look at sort of that theological liberalism where you're just trying to unpack everything uh, that you see in the scriptures and that you see in church history and just unpack it in a rational way and say, hey, I've got no room for the supernatural in here in my journey. I have no room for the supernatural in our decision-making. There's no room for the supernatural in how we read the text. Uh, we can drift into a really, uh, almost a, a pagan kind of liberal thing. And, and the other thing that happens is we get really proud if it's all based in our reason, right? Uh, pride becomes an idol for us. Uh, if, that's our, if that's our only emphasis. And of course, the other thing is knowledge, right? Uh, if you only have the knowledge that, you're, that you can work with, if I do this, I spend this much money, uh, we work it out in the budget, and because it's in the budget, you can miss opportunities, you can miss um, 
Uh, you can lack compassion. Uh, you can miss the voice of the Spirit pe- speaking in the moment. And you just sometimes can miss joy. Right? You can miss the joy of uh, living an interactive, amazing uh, relationship with God. So all of these things, if they're our, they become our primary emphasis, our, our only window uh, to discern and to hear the voice of the Lord, there's all kinds of errors that come. But if we build these things on one another and begin to, uh, begin to move in a sense that God has really given us an amazing suite of tools by which to navigate our lives and navigate our journey together, uh, we see so much beauty in it. If you have the scriptures, you've got these incredible guardrails that keep you from going off to one side and off to another. We've got this incredible story of these heroes who are broken heroes in the scripture. And we see reflected in the life of David uh, some things that we don't want to happen to us and some things that we see in the life of David that we do want to happen to us. Uh, We have the incredible character of Jesus, right? If you want to know God, you have to know and see who Jesus is. So you see the love, the compassion, the heart of Jesus, and now we know that's also the heart of the Father. Um, And just the wisdom that's in there in terms of Proverbs and Psalms and all of that, there's an incredible, incredible gift that's there for us uh, when we we have the scriptures as part of our discernment process. Add the prophetic, and you are able to hear the voice of God speaking into culture. You're able to hear the voice of God speaking into the specifics of your situation. Um, And you're able to be innovative. You're able to be flexible. Uh, and, and the prophetic often gives us foresight. It helps us see a possibility that we could have never seen before if the Lord hadn't spoken something to us supernaturally, right? The Lord speaks to our hearts that way. And the, the other piece that's so important in terms of the prophetic, in terms of just hearing the voice of God in our decision-making, uh, is that sometimes you can, you can have a situation where... Um, the scripture, yeah, that's okay with scripture. The community thinks that's a good idea. Theology, that lines up. Reason, that's okay. Knowledge, that's okay. All of those things can sort of line up, and you can have about 12 different options where all of those things are good things that you could do. How do you make a decision when you've got four or five career paths or whatever that would ultimately be good, wonderful paths for you? It's hearing the heart of the Father, hearing the voice of God for you, hearing a call, a vocation to mission or whatever it is. The Lord speaks into those moments where you have a multiplicity of options and shows you the thing that really connects with your heart and really connects with uh, his destiny and his purpose for you. So the prophetic is hugely uh, important for that. Um, Community, uh, compassion, right? If you are making all of your decisions based on uh, a sense that, uh, you know, you're totally isolated. And this is just a huge, huge trap for us as people uh, in the church now. We really do uh, believe as people that we're completely independent free actors so often. And we don't consult the wise voices in our lives. We don't consult the people further ahead on the journey. We don't consult the people that love us, that care for us, that know us better than we know ourselves. Uh, we end up making decisions that are um, sometimes not compassionate. We don't have the perspective. They're not coordinated with what the rest of the body is doing. um, And and there's no accountability for them. Well, well, God just told me to do that. How many of you had, anybody ever had the God card played on them? Anybody ever played the God card? Nobody's raising their hands, right? It's not fun, right? The God card is like, yeah, well, God just told me to do that. That's going to change everything about your community and everything about your life. And it's really going to mess with who you are. But God told me to do it. Boom. Right? 
not a cool situation to be in and not a cool situation to put another person in. Um, and then this, this sort of this fifth thing here, rather the fourth thing on the list, uh, when you're making decisions in the, in the uh, context of community and you're listening to people, just the care that you get is so important. Right, the care that you get is really, really important because uh, decision making can be difficult. Decision making can can be stressful. There can be pain associated with it. Uh, sometimes with wrestling with so many options, and sometimes you just need somebody to come alongside you and say, "I remember being where you were at. I remember wrestling like you're wrestling. You're gonna get through it." And they're going to pray for you and care for you and actually help with some of the spiritual care that's required. Very often, one of the things that's, that's most difficult in our decision-making is that we've got a corruption in our hearts sometimes. We've got a brokenness in us that is wanting to steer us a certain way. And somebody in the community who can come alongside us in a pastoral way, in a way that cares for us, can help sort of say, hey, that peace that's in your heart is, uh, is maybe oriented towards something that's not going to be good for you. Um, that might be what's skewing your decision-making process. And somebody can, can just to help you see some brokenness in yourself and help pray for healing to happen. And then all of a sudden, your heart shifts a little bit and something awesome lines up. But you might never have received that without care from the community. And actually, that's just jumping back a couple of steps. That's something the prophetic in a healthy way can also do for you, right? Is you can be after something that you really want and trying to make it line up with the scriptures and trying to make it line up with wisdom and trying to make it line up with reason, right? And, and nothing can be working in your life. And then God can sometimes just drop a little word into your heart. And all of a sudden, your heart shifts and boom, you're oriented in the right direction and all of those things begin to line up. So there has to be an openness to the voice of the Lord, an openness to the voices of community. Uh, theology is really important uh, for us. Uh, really important for us to think of a couple of things here. Like one, just unity with the broader body of Christ is so important. There are things, if you read our statement of faith, I'm sure almost nobody ever does on our website. Uh, but those things are there because they, they show us to be in alignment. There, there's somebody, you guys first, when you first came to church, it's the first thing you read, wasn't it? Like, are you guys like anywhere close to orthodox or are you complete wing nuts, right? Right? So, so did we pass the test? Okay, you're here. Okay, that's good. Um, but those things not only align us within the body and within ourselves, but they align us with the broader body of Christ, right? Like we, those, those things that are our, our sort of in our statement of, of faith, they have a lot in common with the free Methodists in the region. They have a lot in common with the brethren in the region. There's some of those things that are oriented around the ancient creeds that we can, I can walk into any community uh, in, in this region and say, hey, brothers and sisters, can we do something together, right? Because we value the whole body of Christ. So uh, oftentimes, like when we have uh, these other parts in our lives which are driving us and we're not looking at theology, very often uh, we're seeing ourselves torn off into somewhere again as a body or as an individual that's independent, uh, that has us, uh, has us on a bad path. And if you look at the story of church history, you see so many places where theologically uh, whole movements have maybe even looked at the scriptures, maybe even proof texting their way to something, but just go way off the beaten track and get into a difficult spot. Uh, reason is important. Um, 
Uh, reason is important, one, just uh, so that, that we're using that tool to look at the scriptures. We're using that tool to look at, uh, at, at apologetics. We're look, using that tool to look at all of it so that we can see it in a way that makes sense. We trust that God is a reasonable God, right? So Christianity isn't just turn off your brain and just, uh, you know, play Bible roulette and you know, click on a verse and do that. We should, I, I could make a million bucks if I made a Bible roulette app. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. I could make a million bucks. That'd be fantastic. That'd be really bad for people, but I could make a, sorry, just random idea in the middle of the sermon. Freebie for somebody who wants to steal that idea, just go for it. It'll be good for you. I just share royalties or something right here. Um, right? Uh, but what that does for us also is it helps place us in, in a context for people, right? Uh, one of the things that people often say about our, our, our church or preaching or some of what we do is that, uh, that when, when people come and they connect, they can, they're, they're not seeing something that's just, you know, a bunch of religious language. They can see that we've sort of reasoned it out and we're, we're trying to make sense of things, right? So it gains you an audience with people, especially in our culture who are working from an almost a, per, a perfectly humanistic, materialistic worldview to be able to reason things out for them is a bridge that helps them enter into the spiritual journey of following Jesus, right? And you gain a little bit of respect and trust. Um, and then, of course, this other thing uh, is having a sense of, of knowledge, knowing what's going on, knowing what your budget is like, knowing how to uh, work on zoning with your township if you're trying to build a building, knowing how to do all of these kinds of things really practically and having the knowledge actually just helps you execute and make good decisions and actually land yourself in a really practical and fruitful place. And so when you find, have all of those tools working together, I think when all of those things are in alignment, that's when you actually find that the desires of your heart are being met, if you're really honest, right? When we see all of those things lined up, the scriptures, uh, a sense of the voice of God speaking, um, the community is affirming the direction you're taking, it fits within a healthy theological framework, you've reasoned it out and you can communicate it to people, and you have knowledge of how to execute it and walk it out practically. When those things are all together, it's like, whoa! Right? Doesn't it feel great? Right? And, and very often when we're trying to make decisions and we don't have some of those things in line, it just, we just have a sense of being unsettled and a sense of being not at peace about a decision, right? God's given us these incredible tools with which to navigate. And I want to just show you a little uh, bit of this, just a snippet in the book of James. Uh, the book of James is a really, really interesting book. Um, it's a book that Martin Luther, uh, for example, kind of almost wanted to throw out of the canon uh, because it was just too practical. It was just, didn't have, you know, enough of that justification by faith content in it. It was felt a little bit at, odd with Paul, at odds with Paul's writings. Uh, but, but James is a really, really important book. Uh, I think we see in the heart of James him writing to a community of people who had taken their Christianity, their faith, and sort of in a, in a hyper way had spiritualized everything so that if I just believe, if I just have faith, and I just feel what I feel awesome about God, then I'm all good. And James is speaking to them and saying, hey guys, listen, hold on a second. Uh, if you have faith, it's going to work itself out in some practical ways. 
if you have faith, it's going to work. And he, he begins to unpack just some practical things about doing life together, uh, some stuff about taming the tongue, some stuff about seeking wisdom. And James 1.5, it says this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. The question is, what does James really mean by wisdom? Because often when I've read this, I've often thought, you know, maybe that just means a prophetic word, right, for me personally. Like, if any of you lacks, uh, doesn't know what to do, just ask God, and he's going to just drop that prophetic thing into your heart. Now, I think that's actually true. I think as sheep, we know his voice. If we carve out time in our lives uh, to seek him and to listen, and we listen with faith, just as, as, as it reads here, I think, yeah, I think God will speak uh, those, those things into our hearts. Uh, we'll hear the voice of God, and we'll have that precious, amazing thing active. But at the the same time, what does James mean? Like, like, is he actually celebrating just that ability to hear God and just simply obey? Or is he celebrating something broader here? Uh, we find it a little bit later in the text, by the time we get to chapter 3, that he is addressing this broader community that's gone a little bit off the track and gotten super spiritual and lost a sense of practicality. And this is what James uh, begins to say, he begins to teach in chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. It says, I'm just going to read the text and then we'll unpack it a little bit. Uh, who is wise and understanding among you? Okay, so he's about to give his definition of wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? How do you identify that person around you who is truly wise? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. That's pretty strong language. <laughs> Let's read on. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That's now a much broader definition of what wisdom looks like, isn't it? Let's just, and, and we're just going to pack a little bit as we go here. Uh, one, uh, who is wise and has understanding among you by his good conduct? Let him show his works. And I love this phrase. It's like my new favorite phrase. In the meekness of wisdom. The meekness of wisdom. When we often look at, uh, at, at people who uh, are, are very decisive, who are, and, and I'm a fairly decisive person, uh, if we look at people who uh, have a clear sense of direction, who know exactly where they want to go, they seem to be really wanting to make consistent, wise decisions. Or if we look at uh, people that we would say are prophetic, or people that we would say are receiving the direction, strong direction from God, a really healthy question for us there and, and a question for us internally for ourselves is, is there meekness there? Is that 
power, is that strength, that's, but meekness is defined as uh, power under control. Is there a sense that that, uh, that wisdom, that knowledge, that decisiveness is something that is under self-control, something that is under uh, an ability to listen to others, something that is under an ability and a humility uh, that, that helps uh, that ground that in the community and ground that in these other forms of listening. He goes on to say, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be arrogant and against the truth. And what he's speaking to there is that, uh, that sense of uh, we can have this corruption in ourselves, right? One, we can have that bitter jealousy. We can uh, be frustrated that something good isn't happening to us that is happening to somebody else, Right? And our decision-making process cannot be about hearing what God wants for us or not be about hearing uh, what's wise for us or what's a healthy course. Our decision-making can be skewed by what I want that that other person or those other people in my life have. Right? Isn't that a terrible trap for us? How many of you have just been uh, spending time at times like really wanting something that you think God wants for you and seeking after it, but you know it's really wanting something that's meant for somebody else or it's not something that's meant for you? Uh, we wrestle with that sense of envy, that sense of selfish ambition, a desire to build ourselves up above others, right? to grasp something, right? Full confession here, right? That's something I wrestle with. That's something we all wrestle with, a sense of ambition, a sense of, man, I want to make this situation right for me and for myself. And I'm not paying attention to what community or other forms of wisdom are saying that counter that desire to do what I sure as heck want to do right? That's a huge trap for us. Do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. So often our discernment process is, yeah, God just told me I should really do this, is very often, I really want to do this, right? So to consider broad wisdom uh, requires some humility, right? Um, and, and if it is this wisdom that's based in selfish ambition, Paul or James is straight up about it. Like that's, that's demonic, that opens yourself up, yourself up to all kinds of spiritual uh, bondage and brokenness that, uh, that can really mess you up. And going on now just to the positive side of what it is. But wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And I just want to unpack those words one by one. And I'm going to try to go fairly quick. Um, but just looking at some of the Greek there, because there's just a, a beautiful, beautiful sort of picture that's painted by some of these words that fit with some of the things that we looked at earlier in terms of what we want to have lined up in terms of decision making. One pure pure. And that word pure isn't pure of heart. We're, we're, he's going to address that later. But that word pure is actually doctrinally pure. This is James at the very outset of this pointing towards uh, a solid theology, pointing towards this has to fit within the framework that we the apostles have taught to you. This has to fit in line with that. It is unmixed. Again, unmixed, and I love that phrase, right? Because that is uh, pointing right back to sort of Old Testament wisdom, Old Testament holiness, is that you don't want the purity of what God has for you, of what God has for this community, of what the scriptures have for you. You don't want that mixed with uh, what, what comes from pagan idols and pagan gods and false philosophies, right? You want as a foundation a solid theology. It's peaceable. 
Uh, that's consulting community. It fits with others. Wisdom that's from above fits within the framework of the community, the voices of people that love you, the voices of people that care for you, the leadership uh, that, that leads you in, in church community or in your workplace or wherever you are, or parents to children. Uh, wisdom from above is not likely to set you at odds with the whole community of elders and leaders that are seeking God and caring for you and have been caring for you for a long time. It's not necessarily going to be wisdom from God. So wisdom from God fits well. Play, wisdom from God plays well with others, right? Um, it's gentle, right? It's not inflexible or, or legally harsh. And that's often what we find with sort of a legalistic approach to the scriptures, right? It's like, well, the Bible says this, boom. Right? And it doesn't consider uh, the character of Jesus in it. It doesn't consider sound theology. It doesn't consider uh, the voice of the community. Wisdom from above is very often gentle. Uh, it is open to reason. It is sensible when looked at from the outside. That's what that word means. It's perceptible. You can see how it lines up when you look at it from the outside and look in. And people who are outside the Christian community can look at some of the decisions we make and say, uh, you know what, they're listening to God, there's something spiritual that's amazing that's going on there, and they can see that connection point uh, to the person of God. It, it, can be, it can make sense. Full of mercy, compassion, self-sacrificing. Wisdom from God is self-sacrificing. Uh, wisdom from God is full of fruit. It leads to positive practical outcomes. That's the knowledge piece that we talked about earlier, right? The wisdom from God leads to positive practical outcomes. It's impartial. So it's outside of self-interest. It's objective. That's what that word means. It's outside of self-interest. And it's sincere. It's not hypocritical. It's not a standard of judgment that's not applied to yourself, right? And so we just see, I mean, it's just one, and, and we see it all over the scriptures. We see it in uh, 1 Corinthians when it's talking about how to judge prophetic words. We see uh, these things in all kinds of different places, but there's a, a suite of tools that, that bring us to a place of wisdom that are all meant to be operating uh, together. Uh, just to bring us to one story, one final story out of the scriptures uh, from the book of Acts. Uh, how many of you remember uh, the story where Paul comes back to Jerusalem to talk to the leaders that are there? Uh, he He's been uh, out there evangelizing, out there talking to people in, in the Roman world about the gospel, and all kinds of people who are Gentiles now are coming into the faith, um, and, and it's an absolutely amazing and beautiful thing, all of these people sort of coming into the journey. And Paul comes back to Jerusalem and says, okay, the Holy Spirit, uh, the gift of God has been given to people who are, who are not Jewish people. Uh, they don't know the rules, and I've got other people who are Jewish people coming into the community saying they have the follow the feasts, and they have to get circumcised, which is a bum deal, and I have to do, you know, all of these other sorts of things, and, and I got to follow all these rules, and I got to learn the Torah, and I got to figure out all of this stuff, and Paul's saying, uh, I, I need some wisdom, and this is Paul humbly coming back to Jerusalem, maybe to challenge, Paul didn't seem like a super humble guy, but he's coming back to Jerusalem, he's, he's at least going to have some consultation about it, and, uh, and say, like, how do I do it, how do I integrate these guys, and they 
have this long discussion, this, this sort of first council of Jerusalem where they're wrestling down, how do we do this together? And what happens in the end after much discussion and much prayer and seeking God and talking, like they're using presumably all of this whole suite of tools that we've talked about, uh, what, what the answer that comes out uh, from, from that council is, is, is prefaced by this phrase, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And there's just three important ideas, I think, just to pull out of that in terms of when you think of how you're making decisions and how we're making decisions together as a community. One, that word seemed. And I just love, uh, that, like, unpacking that word in the original language, too, is so, so, so cool. Uh, what that word is, is speaks to a little bit of uncertainty. It speaks to, hey, this is our opinion. This is what we think. This is sort of the best knowledge that we have. It's not like this is our edict from the council in Jerusalem. It's like, it seems good to us, and it seems good to the Holy Spirit. So Peter and the other apostles speaking to Paul uh, come to him with a sense of humility and a sense of, yeah, this is what seems best to us. And so I, I love that. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So they've consulted God, right? They've heard from him prophetically. They've uh, heard the wisdom of God spoken into their hearts. Uh, they've probably prayed and they've probably fasted, and they're using all of these tools that are available to them on the sort of spiritual side in the journey. And then it says, and it seems good to us. We've talked about it. Uh, we've read the scriptures. We've uh, consulted. And it just kind of makes sense. They didn't play the God card. They owned the decision for themselves, right? They took ownership of it and said, yeah, the Holy Spirit's in here part of making the decision. Uh, and we're in here making the decision. And we think we're kind of in alignment with the Holy Spirit. We've got these things lined up. And so, Paul, why don't you go ahead and go out and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Uh, tell them not to eat meat, uh, sacrifice to idols, don't eat the blood of, of strangled animals, and flee from sexual immorality. And those are the ground rules as you go out, Paul. That's, this is the best wisdom we have for you. And that's kind of what we want as a church. That's kind of what we want as an eldership team, as a leadership team, as we're trying to make decisions, as we're looking for those moments of, okay, this seems good. We maybe are making a mistake here. We don't know everything. We're not perfect, but it seems good to the Spirit, and it seems good to us. Let's go ahead and pursue this direction together. Uh, this issue is going on in the church. It's going on in the community. There's somebody wrestling with this. We pray about it. We seek God. We look at the scriptures, and we can speak into it and say, yeah, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Hope we got this one right. And so we're doing this with a sense of humility and a huge sense of togetherness. And I hope that's the case for you as you're trying to decide what your career path is. You're trying to decide what school to go to. You're trying to decide uh, whether to get married to this person or that. You're trying to decide whether to have more children. You're trying to make whatever decisions that are important for you. You're discussing it as families. You're discussing it as couples. You're seeking God. You're praying. You're looking at the scriptures. You're looking at your budget. You're looking at all of the whole suite of tools. Is this reasonable? Does this make sense? And you're looking for those things to line up so that you and your spouse or you and your family, those who love you, can sort of look at that moment and say, you know what? It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Let's, let's go this way. 
and then you can move in so much joy and so much freedom. But if you get any of those things sort of out of line, then you're, you're, there's just so much angst and peace and bad decisions ahead of you, right? So just bring the incredible suite of tools that God's given you all to bear on any situation, and you can end up in a really, really beautiful place. Let's stand up. So we want to pray, and I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to just speak into this moment, because um, that's, uh, that, I mean, that's one of, the, one of our tools that we talked about, right? And I'm just going to ask the, the Holy Spirit to just uh, speak into our hearts, and let the Lord speak to you. Is there an area or one of the tools that's been overemphasized in your life, and, you, and, and you're, you're, you're locked into something that's not a complete picture of what God has for you? Or another way to ask that very same question is, uh, is there something awesome? Is there one of these awesome tools that God's given you that you just missed. You're trying to decide what to do, but you haven't thought to pray about it. You haven't, uh, you haven't uh, asked God to speak into your heart. You're trying to decide what to do, but you, you haven't looked at the scriptures. Uh, you've got all these things lined up, but man, it just doesn't make sense. How do we make that all work together? What, what tool do you need to, to bring into the picture? That, uh, that you haven't been emphasizing. So let's just allow the Holy Spirit to come and maybe for some of us make that little heart adjustment. Just speak into our hearts. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come. We ask that uh, one, we just want, we love the tools that you've given us. We love what you've shown us. We love the scriptures. We love that you speak to us in a living way. We love our community. We love our family. Uh, we love wisdom and reason. We love good theology, and we love it when things just line up and make sense. So, Father, would you just speak in this moment to, to each of us and show us an area to grow? Would you show us maybe a need to, to study the scriptures where we haven't before? Would you show us maybe a need to read uh, something uh, theologically grounded to help us with uh, an area where we've gone wayward? Would you show us how to pray and to seek you, to fast, uh, to hear your voice speak? So just lead us, Father, guide us into whatever each person in this room's specific area of growth is. Lord, we just open ourselves up to grow. We just want to grow. Show us what we don't know. Show us the tools you've given that we're not using. And just help us learn to navigate in a good and healthy way. With everybody who's wrestling with indecision and with the pain and the struggle of not knowing where to go, would you uh, provide in this moment some of that care piece? Would you let your Holy Spirit rest on each person and be a comforter? Uh, affirm them, bless them, build them up, encourage them, Father. Let encouragement flow. Give us courage to speak to our friends and family members and leadership as we're struggling with decisions to get prayer and counsel. Show us the books to read. Whatever it is, Father, guide us to the part of the scriptures that we've avoided, that we would consider the whole counsel of God. Help us reason things out with our friends and learn how to communicate. We give all of this to you. Bless this wonderful community, these wonderful people. Bless us for good, 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 solid decisions. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. God bless you.